Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim is to both remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may not be so familiar with. We're back in Europe today and the 1980s which was something of a golden age of European milers. But at the front of that queue was an all-conquering French filly, who didn't just conquer Europe, but also put her American challengers to the sword. She was Miesque. When the Breeders' Cup series was inaugurated in the 1980s, as the unofficial end-of-season Global World Championships, it was always going to favour North American horses, whether due to the running surface, track conditions, track configurations, or indeed the travelling involved to get there. It therefore may have been something of a surprise to the locals that the first ever winner of back-to-back -back Breeders' Cup races should have hailed from France. But in fact, it wasn't unexpected to anyone who followed European racing, because Miesque had been sensational since she had first stepped on a track. Bred in Kentucky by shipping magnate and long-term racing enthusiast Stavros Niarchos, she was moved to France to be trained by the legendary François Boutin, who had also conditioned her sire, Nureyev. Like that other great French filly, Alephrance, you'd be hard-pushed to call Miesque pretty in the conventional sense, whilst no horror. Her head was quite plain, her build rather masculine, and she had a distinctly fractious temperament. It was to her eternal luck, therefore, that she had Boutin, a man who had always commanded immense respect, as a trainer, and would be ridden throughout her career by multiple French champion Freddy Head, who possessed a knack for calming skittish fillies. They say that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, but Boutin realised that it would be the path to Miesque's too. Noting that she had a very sweet tooth, he indulged her both with sugar cubes as well as her all-time favourite, honey, which she loved having slathered all over her oats. Fiercely intelligent, she was also an eternal nosy parker at home, constantly peering round the corner of her barn to see who was getting up to what, and earning herself the nickname La Concierge. She was ready for her first race in August of her two-year-old campaign in 1986, and readily took the Prix de Lisieux, at Deauville. Sensing something special, Boutin threw her straight into the deep end next, in the Group 1 Prix Morny, where, despite running green and getting slightly boxed, she still finished third, just a length behind Sakura Reiko. It was to prove her worst ever finish. At Longchamp, at the seven furlong Group 1 Prix de la Salamandre, she bounced back, and now that she had a clear run, she easily reversed the form with her Deauville Conqueror, displaying an eye-catching turn of foot. Finishing the season impressively with another top-level victory at the Prix Marcel Boussac on Arc Day, she was an obvious recipient to be France's champion juvenile filly. Boutin and Head already anticipated greater things. Returning in spring, she returned through her warm-up in the Prix Imprudence at Maison Lafitte, before Boutin sent her over to England to take on their best in the 1,000 guineas at Newmarket. Niarchos and Boutin undoubtedly had unfinished business there. Miesk's sire, Nureyev, 
had been first past the post seven years earlier, in the 1980-2000 guineas, but was controversially relegated to last for a rather trivial infringement, causing a minor diplomatic incident. This was to be his daughter's revenge. With just a furlong to go, however, Miesk found herself boxed in and going nowhere. Her situation looked hopeless, until Head thrust her out left, whereby she unleashed breathtaking acceleration to charge past the other top fillies and win going away, leaving dropped jaws everywhere. She repeated the trick in the French equivalent at Longchamp later in the month, winning even more comfortably despite coming from last to first. Boutin knew he had a potential great on his hands, but wanted to see if she could stretch out further. In the Prix de Diane, French Oaks, at Chantilly, over ten and a half furlongs, he experimented, but Miesk clearly didn't have the stamina to last out, and it was only her class that saw her still take second place behind Henry Cecil's excellent Indian skimmer. Sticking to a mile, therefore, it was time to take on the Colts in France's two top summer mile races, the Prix Jacques Le Marois at Deauville and the Prix du Moulin at Longchamp. It really was a top age of European milers, but she walloped them all, displaying in Deauville in particular a turn of foot which left every journalist the next day using the same word, devastating. Returning to the UK, Miesk endured a rare reversal in the Queen Elizabeth II stakes at Ascot, having easily beaten the British filly Milligram on numerous occasions. On this day, for some reason, she could not. Some blamed stand-in jockey Steve Cawthon, deputising for the injured Freddie Head, but there seemed no obvious reason why. He was in the right place at the right time, but Miesk's usually dependable acceleration never came. The sensation of the year, wrote one breathless journalist with more than a hint of hyperbole, but it reflected the fact that she had by now garnered a lot of fans and a huge sense of expectation. Far from crestfallen, Connections decided to try their luck in the Breeders' Cup mile, held that year at Hollywood Park, an unquestionably the highest quality international mile race of 1987. Freddie Head, in what most agreed was the ride of the year, kept Miesk in fourth throughout, hugging the rail obsessively, despite the track's very sharp turns, and waiting for the gap to appear as they entered the home stretch. Sure enough, when it did, he asked his filly to quicken and she proceeded to obliterate them, storming home in isolation in the sensational course record time of 1 minute 32 and 4 fifth seconds. Now a global conqueror, Miesk was crowned champion turf horse in the US, champion three-year-old filly in England and France, and champion miler in England and France. Better still, Niarchos agreed to keep her in training for another year. She started her next campaign in the Prix d'Espagne, over nine furlongs instead of her preferred eight. But although rusty, she snuck home cosily enough. Returning in the summer in a red-hot Prix Jacques Le Marois in Deauville, she was joined by top milers Soviet Song and Warning. She beat both of them fair and square, with Warning franking the form a few weeks later by blitzing the field in the Queen Elizabeth II stakes at Ascot. She then had a blip when defending her crown in the Prix du Moulin, with Head finding himself boxed in and Soviet Song managing to get first run on her, just beating her by a rapidly diminishing Head. A surprise, 
as she had taken his scalp more than once in the past. Boutin didn't rush Miesque out to make amends, however. Instead, history beckoned, with an attempt to become the first horse to win a Breeders' Cup race twice. As with the other championship races like the Ark or the King George, to win two means having an awful lot of stars aligning, and all presupposing outrageous talent in the first instance. The 1988 iteration was to be held at Churchill Downs, with arguably even tighter corners than Hollywood Park. To that end, Head chose to ride her differently, keeping her wider, further back, but timing his move to perfection. Despite the sloppy turf, she still found her turbo in the home stretch, and it was all over in a matter of strides. She won again by almost four lengths, as she had 12 months previously. History had been made, and the US fans were as effusive as their European counterparts. Here was a true and truly consistent world champion. Lafitte Pinke Jr., on board runner-up Steinlin, admiringly spoke for many afterwards. I saw her move, but nobody could do anything to stop her. Twas ever thus with Miesque. This time, Niarchos decided that it was best to retire her while still on top. The end-of-year awards could go nowhere else but her, and alongside that came comments like those of revered US handicapper Steve Davidovitz, to whom cheap superlative was usually anathema. Frankly, he said, I doubt there was a better turf miler, male or female, since grass racing began in this country. So often, great fillies flatter to deceive once they become broodmares, yet now and again they almost match their on-track abilities. Miesk showed that she was still a champion in a different way, by, incredibly, producing two classic winners from her first two offspring. King Mambo winning the French 2000 guineas, East of the Moon the French 1000 guineas the following year. Living to the admirable age of 27, even at stud, La Concierge apparently maintained her endless curiosity. But she had more than earned her right to be a busybody. To find out more about Miesque and other greats from the past, check out my book, Punch a Hole in the Wind, out now and available online and in bookshops. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world and explore the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening.